This is episode number 730 with Kyle Daigle, COO of GitHub. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast. Today, we've got a special episode for you that was recorded in front of a live audience at the Scale Up AI Conference in New York a couple of weeks ago. The Slick Conference was put on by Insight Partners, which with $100 billion in assets under management, is one of the world's largest venture capital firms. My onstage guest at Scale Up AI was Kyle Daigle, the Chief Operating Officer of GitHub. He's exceptionally passionate and well-spoken about the way Generative AI tools like GitHub's super popular Copilot tool improve not only the way individual software developers and data scientists work, but also dramatically transform the way people work across entire firms, how they collaborate. All right, so let's jump right into this exciting conversation. Kyle, you work at GitHub. GitHub is home for all software developers around the world, and so it's natural that software is used across your operations there, which is really relevant to you. You've been the COO of GitHub since May, but you've been at GitHub for a long time. You started as a developer there 10 years ago. So this morning, you published a blog post and original research that developers are the first group truly adopting AI at work. Why should these findings matter to developers as well as non-developers? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, John, and Insight's so great. You know, I think it's interesting. We've been hearing all the stories this morning about how, you know, AI a year ago or AI two years ago. And it was only really a year ago that we brought Copilot to market, GitHub Copilot, <laughs> to be specific nowadays. Uh, and since we've done that, we've seen such this, you know, incredible in the flow productivity unlock that Copilot has allowed. You know, it makes developers 55% faster. We're seeing, you know, code acceptance rates between 40 to 60%. So when you're writing code, Copilot is writing 40 or 60%. And I think the real secret to that is that developers are doing their normal job. They're in the editor, they're writing code, and AI is helping them in that moment. And uh, it's making them incredibly powerful by augmenting what they already do well, you know? And so when I have a question, it makes perfect sense that I might turn to Copilot chat and say, hey, what does this function do? Because that's a normal flow for developers. And so I think for businesses, the thing that we're seeing is developers believe AI is actually making them more collaborative. I think, you know, when we put it out in the world, we thought, well, it's gonna make, make them more productive, obviously more efficient. But 81% of the developers that we talked to in this study said it makes them more collaborative with their teams. Uh, and we have stats that show, you know, once they write their code in Copilot, when it gets to the pull request, it's 15% faster to actually review that code when it's written by Copilot and you have access to Copilot chat. And so it's still early days, but I think what businesses should be thinking about, and what I'm thinking about at GitHub, because my goal is to help every employee at GitHub you know, harness the power of AI, not just our uh, awesome developers. It's how can you bring AI into the existing flows that your employees are doing? Not to a new app, not to a separate box, uh, because I don't think that that's giving the same power and efficiency that Copilot does. Yeah, let's talk through the logistics of what that feels like to be using GitHub Copilot inflow. So as an individual user, you have kind of code completion, so mm -hmm. a line of code, maybe mm -hmm. even like a paragraph of code. Mm -hmm. And then on the side, you have a chat bar mm -hmm. that you can be throwing questions in, in natural language. Mm -hmm. And that is context aware. So it's aware of the code that you already have going. And so you don't need to provide detail. 
um, it will interpret that context and answer for you. You can add if there's anything I'm missing on kind of the individual experience. But on top of that, what is it like to collaborate with Copilot? What's what's that like logistically? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what it's really unlocking is it's unlocking the creative part of software development where, you know, there's design documents, there's planning, there's issues, depending on your organization, your developers are figuring out what to build before they build it with a product manager and designer. And so when we talk about collaboration, we're talking from beginning when that collaboration flow all the way to running in production or on a mobile app or on the edge or in store, whatever that is. And so Copilot is helping go from that idea conversation and having more time focused on that conversation. You know, it's what we kind of hear from customers is, the design process is kicking up a little bit more than it was. Like water, not that waterfalls back. Uh, at least it shouldn't necessarily be back. But that uh, beginning conversation is more crucial. And then when you're building out your application, it allows the senior devs, the principal devs, the distinguished engineers to focus on giving the architectural system feedback. Not you shouldn't use G sub. You should use split to split this you know sentence up or whatever, which is what so much time in code review ends up being. It's all these small moments of you know teaching and helping the team. Now you can focus on a much higher level. Perfect. Yeah, and an example that you gave when we were in the green room yeah. as well was this idea of having been a developer ten years ago at GitHub. There's code that could be still being used in production today, but nobody is <laughs> you know is aware of how it works today, and you're not sure. aware of how it works because it's, it's ten years old. One hundred percent. But you know, your time is really valuable as a COO. Somebody doesn't slack you and say, what is this line of code? Instead, they ask that in Copilot. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we all have projects uh, of merit that are running in production that have a very small team, you know, running them. So, it's quite funny. Just this morning, I got an email. We have a bunch of automated systems, right, that are saying, hey, you have to update this or something happened. And there was one system this morning that emailed me, K Daigle, my handle on GitHub, can you please log in and update this uh, uh, repository because it has to have a code change in it? And I'm like, well, this isn't my thing anymore. I don't even remember what it was like. And so uh, what we're finding like when you actually talk to the devs with our customers or in the community is a big secret superpower of Copilot is how it's helping developers learn and upskill on the job. It's teaching them how to do the next step or teaching them the new method that came out with the new library that you're using, et cetera. And so, you know, just the other day, I was like, okay, I want to try this out. My team, we're about to launch our Octaverse report in two weeks. That's the state of open source software and state of software on GitHub. We needed to make a website change. And so sure enough, I said, well, hey, marketing team, why don't you help me? We'll open it up, we use Copilot, we use Copilot chat and make those updates. And they were also able to do a little bit of that process as well. So, you know, it's enabling us to not just write greenfield code. That's the easy pitch. The real pitch is let's send a team into a 10-year-old repository that they don't have experience with and let them ask the questions they need to be effective. Yeah, and to be clear, this isn't something that is unique to GitHub. Mm -hmm. Anybody, any client can be using GitHub Copilot as an individual yep. uh, contributor or for collaboration. Yep, yep, yep. We, we offer it to teams, we offer it to individuals. The chat uh, is in beta and we're continuing to improve it, to your point, adding more and more context around the code. You know, it's not just the code you see, it's the issues, it's the pull requests. Eventually, it's the production systems that are showing you the statistics of what's working, what's not working. It's your error tracker. We believe that all of that context is incredibly valuable to the developer while they're writing code. And I think that's the you know future of AI at GitHub, is how do we bring AI to every step of the flow in flow, not a separate uh, task that you have to do. Yeah, so let's talk more about that. So the developer experience, so the DevX, uh, if you will. 
Um, your research, which you published today in your blog post, specifically looked at the developer experience at this DevEx, lending data that a happier and more productive developer leads to better business outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, so there were findings in there like people, you're talking about L&D, yeah. the thing that developers love most is learning something new. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they, one of their biggest pain points, the thing that slows them down the most is like mandatory L&D. Mm -hmm. So it seems like this is the solution. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's a solution. GitHub is not, uh, you know, the only one struggling with this. We do our annual or biannual uh, Hubber Pulse surveys, you know, that talk to our employees and say, hey, what do you need? How's it working? And of course, just like every organization, there's some sort of answer that says, I need more time for learning and development, right? And so GitHub added learning days and GitHub will pay for a large array of learning and development activities. It, but I think, you know, what the studies have shown is that developers are learning on the job with Copilot, particularly the junior developers or earlier in career developers or early to your company developers, but also the senior developers, the principals that are going into different projects they haven't quite worked with before and new technologies. There's a customer that is making the change from Scala to Java. Uh, they're going that direction. And, uh, you know, they realize they don't have those engineers, right? Because, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's different enough. And so they're using Copilot to both do the work as well as to teach the difference via chat uh, at a much higher speed uh, than before. And so, you know, whether it's building code or reviewing code, like Duolingo uh, has nine, uh, or sorry, Duolingo is a large customer of ours that has uh, demonstrated that their code review process, a very collaborative effort, has been 67% faster since Copilot came in. Yeah. Now I want to be clear, every customer's results are quite different. It very much means, you know, what's your code base and what's your experience, but I will say that every there's a floor here that is higher, you know, than zero. It's usually around 15-20% everything ends up being a bit faster, uh, which, you know, creates kind of new and novel problems for the rest of the workflow because now you're generating so much new code uh, mm -hmm. that you previously weren't. Yeah, I'm sure that kind of 67% number isn't surprising to anyone here, whether they write code or not, because of our experiences, especially since March with things like the GPT-4 release mm -hmm. uh, that OpenAI had, you get this amazing sense of the context awareness over very large context windows and the expertise over so many domains that can be blended together into bespoke responses to you. So we were getting that same kind of experience with code mm -hmm. with GitHub Copilot. So the 67% doesn't surprise me at all. And it's amazing to think <laughs> where we could be a year from now, uh, given the amazing things that have just happened in the last six months in this space. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of enterprise readiness around AI, which I'm sure a lot of people here are interested in, you've worked with thousands of developers on implementing AI into their work and into their team operations. So what's your advice for businesses looking to adopt AI into their developer teams? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the thing that we've realized as we've rolled out Copilot is, uh, uh, you know, two things. Whether it's Copilot, another tool, a side tool, a tool in your office suite or G suite or whatever, uh, first look for tools that don't require net new behavior. Because even with Copilot, which I think for the software developers, they would believe, you know, there's really no net new behavior. I'm just typing and it's filling things out. A lot of organizations that are larger, multinational, have code bases more than 10 years old, need a, a, a surprising, in my opinion, amount of enablement to use Copilot. 
because it changes the way you need to work. If you're used to working in a particular way in an old code base that isn't very clear, the variables don't make any sense, et cetera, you have to show, okay, well, you have to open a few more files. You have to comment here to help Copilot understand what you're doing. And so I think, you know, I'm gonna keep harping on the in the flow things. I really think that's the secret to successful AI rollouts, but don't underestimate enablement with whatever tool you're rolling out with AI. It is magical and quite powerful, but we see customers that just roll it out to their uh, developers and they don't get that immediate win. The win takes a much longer period of time, even though it feels like an automatic you know, increase in productivity or efficiency. Cool, yeah, and a term that I learned in discussion in preparation for our talk today in front of all these folks um, is inner source. Sure. So tell us about that term. Yeah, I'm curious, does that term ring a bell for anyone or not really? Inner source? Couple folks. So when we talk to, uh, when we talk to uh, customers a lot, GitHub clearly is the home of open source. You know, all open source software lives on GitHub. And the interaction model in open source is very different than probably the interaction model in your company, which is Kyle works on project A, John works on project B, I can't see project B's code, project B can't see my code. We're very separated. In open source, that's not how it works, right? I can see all the open source on GitHub. I can contribute. If I see a problem in a library I'm using, I can send a pull request and update it. And so the idea of inner source is, how do we bring that to your company? And how do we help you open up, maybe not all the repositories, but more of the repositories? So when two teams have something that they need to work on together, they're not putting a ticket in someone else's backlog, and then that's going through prioritization, and then that gets delayed for three months. When you have a developer over here that can make the three-line change over to this library, that team can review it, accept it, and ship it. So all inner sources is how do you use the entirety of your developer team in order to bring that impact to your business versus focusing sort of in verticals or silos, uh, uh, you know, in private industry, which is not how open source works. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of an obvious and intuitive concept. And it's nice to have a name to be able to put. Well, it's intuitive <laughs> until you go to your company and you say, hey, I've heard of Intersource, and now let's open up every repository to the entire employee base. There's going to be 14 different departments that are like, hold the hell on, we can't do this, right? And so that's usually where we spend most of the conversation is with compliance and security and, you know, uh, 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 your cert teams and so on in order to to make it work, but American Airlines went through this transformation with us for a while uh, with to an incredible amount of success because it speeds up, just like Copilot speeds up the developer to make them more productive. And uh, usually, just like Copilot rollouts, I say, just start with a small number of repos. You don't need to convince them that it's every repo. When we go to Copilot, we can show you all the stats, you can do all the bake-offs, you can do all the next steps. Let's just start by getting 10 developers, 50 developers, 100 developers, depending on the size of your organization. Starting to use it, we can measure that impact and then learn from there versus this feeling of, we have to have all the information to start. Uh, I truly believe this Gen AI uh, moment is, it's compound interest. And the interest rate changes, you know? It's not always gonna be high interest, hopefully. It's not always gonna be low interest, but if you add it into your organization, you're going to get benefit of varying size as the technology changes, as you enable your team, as you roll it out to more people. The only people who are not getting benefit are the people that are stuck in a room whiteboarding for two years deciding how to roll this out. You know, they can at least get 1%, 2% improvement and then take it from there. Nice, well said. And so, yes, at a scale-up AI conference <laughs> like this, obviously developers are really important because they are bringing AI to life for your users, for your customers. But beyond just developers, what insights do you have for non-developer teams on how they can be prioritizing where to apply AI? Yeah, so, I mean, 
Uh, as COO, this is like my bread and butter now. I'm a developer by heart, so I get passionate about all the technology topics. But ultimately, my goal is to bring AI to the Hubber population, all of our employees at GitHub. And what I've asked the teams that report to me is to look at the vendors we're currently using, because I think it's easier to start there, to be blunt, and then also understand, you know, how can we add this without a change in behavior? I keep saying this, but I think it is crucial. We've attempted to roll out various AI products that require a change in behavior, and they pop, and they drop, and they don't stick. Because you have to do so much enablement to change someone's behavior. It's no different than changing benefits providers, going from a cloud to Azure or something like that, you know? And so at GitHub, the one that has worked really, really well for us is uh, what we call Octobot internally. It's by a company called MoveWorks. Uh, what they do is they help us uh, solve our IT cases. I'm in charge of IT. Hubbers at GitHub, they do everything over Slack. There's no email at, like, at all. Everything is in a Slack message. And so whether that be Teams for you or Slack, for us, they're going into a channel and they're saying, hey, I need a new laptop, I'm at my two-year refresh. And instead of a human getting involved at all, the bot knows what that means, asks what laptop they want, and it'll send it out automatically. So we've been able to drastically reduce the amount of IT support that we need while still having better customer satisfaction from our employees than when the humans were fully in the loop. And so that was a great and easy example, you know, from our side of where it's really made a huge difference. And now we're kind of going down the line of, well, what about email? What about calendar? What about prep? What about calendar management for people that don't have, uh, you know, assistance uh, to help them out? Uh, uh, in looking at where do we not need to change behavior, trying it out, measuring it. And as long as we can prove that it's going to have, you know, roughly equal ROI or best case scenario actually going to save us money, yep. then we roll it out to the company. Fantastic. Well, yeah, so GitHub, the company that all of your developers already know and love, <laughs> making solutions for you like Copilot, allowing them to be uh, more efficient and lots of great insights for us today. Thank you so much, Kyle, around how these kinds of uh, how AI can be leveraged to boost productivity, boost collaboration for developers and non-developers alike. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Nice. Hope you enjoyed that dynamic conversation recorded live on stage at Insight Partners Scale Up AI Conference in New York. In today's episode, Kyle covered how generative AI tools like GitHub Copilot are most useful and efficient when they're part of your software development flow, how these kinds of generative AI tools can be used for collaboration, so not just on an individual basis, by doing things such as speeding up code review. And he talked about how inner sourcing takes open source principles but applies them within an organization on their proprietary assets. All right, that's it for today's episode. I hope you found it both insightful and useful. If you enjoyed it, consider supporting the show by sharing, by reviewing, or by subscribing. But most importantly, just keep listening. And until next time, keep on rocking it out there. I'm looking forward to enjoying another round of the Super Data Science Podcast with you very soon. Mm -hmm.